This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Well, it's one of those nights where I can walk to the back of the studio, plunk down on that overstuffed chair there, and listen in along with you as we have a visit with Bob Bailey starring in a show that first aired in 1946. So let's let George do it. Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to... Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil. do it. That's the slogan George Valentine hung in his office when he got out of the army with an idea and not much money to back it up. When a client shows up with a problem, George is happy. When no client appears, George is still happy. The worry department is handled by his secretary, Claire, and her brother, Sonny. Right now, George is sitting in his office when suddenly he hears a commotion outside. Claire. Hey, Claire, come in here. What's the matter, Mr. Valentine? Oh, what's all that noise about? Well, there's a crowd outside our office building. Really? Oh, I wonder what's wrong. Oh, no, it must be some celebrity. Yeah, there. They're getting autographs. Golly, look at the mob. Well, it must be someone very famous. Maybe it's the president. Or Donald Duck. I'm going downstairs to see. No, Claire, you stay here. That mob will tear you to pieces. I got it. I got his autograph. Sonny. Sonny, look at your shirt. It's in shreds. Oh, it's a little thing like a shirt. I got his autograph. Look, see? Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones? Jeepers, don't you even know who he is? <laughs> Wait a minute, don't tell me. Let me guess. I know, he's a fullback for Notre Dame. A player named Jones on the Notre Dame squad? <laughs> oh, no, I know, of course. Jimmy Jones, he's an actor. He plays in cowboy pictures. He's not just an actor. He's a hero. Mr. Valentine, you know Thunderbolt, don't you? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had the pleasure. Well, Thunderbolt's as famous as Jimmy Jones. It's his horse. Did you get his autograph, too? Well, the crowd's practically gone. Yeah, now maybe we can get a little work done in this office. That is, uh, if you feel up to it, Sonny. Uh, I beg your pardon, but I'm looking for George Valentine. Well, you found him. Come right on in. Thanks. You're Mr. Valentine. That's right. Say, haven't we met before? Your face looks awfully familiar. You know, I was just going to say the same thing to you. Your face looks awfully familiar, too. Mr. Valentine, it's Jimmy Jones. You've seen him in the movie. Oh, well, sure, of course. Sonny, is this your hero? Sonny. Sonny. He's petrified. Jimmy Jones. 
standing right in front of me. <laughs> He's one of your many fans, Mr. Jones. Well, that's awfully nice of you, Sonny. May I shake your hand? My, my hand? <laughs> this is your hand, Sonny. Come on, put it out. Glad to know you, Sonny. I'll never wash it again. <laughs> and this is Sonny's sister, my secretary, Claire Brooks. How are you, Miss Briggs? Uh-uh, don't shake her hand. Look what it did to Sonny. Oh. <laughs> uh, Mr. Valentine, I've heard about you, and I'm hoping that maybe you can help me. Well, I've never failed anyone yet. Uh, sit down, Mr. Jones. I wish you'd call me Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. I hope Claire and Sonny won't mind, but <laughs> this matter's a little confidential. It's nothing I'm ashamed of, understand, but... I've got to keep it quiet for business reasons. Well, you can trust us, Jimmy. Oh, you've nothing to worry about on that score, Mr. Jones. We won't say a word. I'd die first. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you see, die first. Now go right ahead. Well, the trouble is the kids like me. Maybe they like me because I like them. I'm crazy about kids, George, and I'd never want to disappoint them. I just can't let them down. Well, of course not. Why would you let them down? Maybe you've heard. I, I was raised in an orphanage, the Brookdale Orphanage. And every year, Thunderbolt and I put on a benefit performance for them. Naturally, they expect me to be there this year, too. Naturally. And they'll expect to see me riding my horse, Thunderbolt. Naturally. George, Claire, Sonny, you mustn't breathe a word of this to anyone. You you disappoint kids all over the world. Cross my heart. We promise. Well, go ahead, Jimmy. What's the matter? Well, I'm afraid of horses. (laughs) You're what? Oh, you can't be. Suffering cat. You see, we were shooting a picture and something frightened Thunderbolt. He shied and stumbled. He threw you? That's right, and then he stepped on me. Oh, how awful. Oh, it was an accident. Thunderbolt didn't mean to hurt me, but I was laid up for a long time. After that, I I just couldn't get up enough nerve to ride him. Or for that matter, to ride any horse. Yeah, but Jimmy... I know it sounds silly, George. I keep telling myself that, but it doesn't do any good. Oh, sure, sure, I understand. Well, what about your career? Well, since the accident, they have double who does the riding for me. Oh, I see. If this came out, you'd be through in pictures. Oh, that's not important. Think of the kids. Why, if they found out, they wouldn't believe in anything anymore. Well, that settles it, Jimmy. You can't make a personal appearance at the Brookdale Orphanage this year. You can't take the chance. But, George, those kids are looking forward to it. Your trouble is that you're too sentimental about kids. Now, you have nothing more to worry about, Jimmy. I'm in complete charge. I was hoping you'd say that. I'll tell them you had a nervous breakdown or something. You can send Thunderbolt with one of his trainers. Oh, but they want to see me ride him. The kids will never forgive me. Now, you leave that to me, will you, Jimmy? I'll take care of them. I know just how to handle kids. Mrs. Martin is the superintendent of the orphanage. She's in the play yard with the children now, but I'll get it for you, Mr. Valentine. Oh, thanks, miss. Uh, Just tell her it's about Jimmy Jones. I'm sort of taking charge of things for it. Oh, you know Jimmy Jones. Yes, of course. Oh, I'd love to have his autograph. Oh, uh, are you anybody? Uh, no. Nobody much. <laughs> Will you tell Mrs. Martin we're here? Oh, yes, of course. Just make yourself right at home. I'll only be a minute. Mrs. Valentine, what are you going to tell Mrs. Martin? Just that Jimmy's been working too hard. And that he can't appear here, that's all. There's nothing to it. Oh, those poor kids. Oh, now, Claire, you're making too much of this. You're as bad as Jimmy. It's ridiculous worrying about a bunch of kids. He's got to protect his career. But he means so much to them. Now, listen, Claire, he can't appear at the benefit, do you understand? Anyway, the kids are more interested in seeing his horse. That's not true. Well, Jimmy can send over some ice cream and cake. That'll get them. Just fill up their stomachs and they'll be happy. Mr. Valentine, how can you be so hard-boiled? I just face facts, that's all. Oh, I'm going to wait outside. Claire. I prefer fresh air. 
Schwimmen. Hello. Oh, hello. What's your name? Where oh. do you live? Well, I... How old are you? Well, hey, now hold everything. Why the third degree, honey? What's the third degree? Do you always talk in questions? What did you say? <laughs> now, wait a minute. Look, we're not getting anywhere this way. My name is George. Never mind the rest. Now, come on. Tell me something about yourself. I've got a pet mouse. Oh, yeah? A white one with a long tail. Really? What's his name? George. George. <laughs> What a coincidence. I just named him George. Oh, I see. Well, thank you, honey. That's that's quite a compliment. Do you know any games? Games? Uh, well, now, let's see. Uh, I used to play some games with my nieces. What are nieces? Uh, what are nieces? Well, uh, nieces are, uh, well, they're, well, they're people. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I'm their uncle, see? So that makes them my nieces. You get it? I don't have any uncle. Oh, well, that's tough, honey. But I have a brother. Well, wonderful. I always say there's nothing like a brother. Why, that's a million times better than an uncle. Jimmy Jones is my brother. Jimmy Jones? He told all us kids he'd be our big brother. So now we each have a family, don't we? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, look, honey, uh, how would you like another brother? Could you use two? Someone like, uh, well, like me. Oh, no. You wouldn't like me for a brother? No. I'm going to marry you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's settled. Do you want me to teach you a game? Game? Yeah, I'd love it. We could play horsey. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, what do I do? You get down on the floor on your hands and knees. Do I have to? Who don't you want to play with me? <laughs> okay, honey, you would. Now what? Now I get on your back. There. Get me up, Horsey! All right, here we go. <laughs> Hang on now. Hang on, honey. <laughs> oh, this is Mr. Valentine. Oh, Claire, uh, we're uh, playing Horsey. <laughs> You make a beautiful horse. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Claire, this is the girl I'm going to marry. Oh, congratulations. Mr. Valentine, Mrs. Martin will see you now. She's in her office, if you'll just follow me. Okay, thanks. Bye, honey. Goodbye, George. See you in about 16 years. Don't forget now. Don't forget now. <laughs> Cute kid. <laughs> her office is on the other side of the play yard. This way, please. Oh, uh, miss, wait a minute. Look, yes. um... I won't bother Mrs. Martin. Uh, you give her a message for me, will you? All right. Just tell her that I personally guarantee that Jimmy Jones will be here for the benefit. And furthermore, he'll be on his horse, too. Mr. Valentine, I have Mr. Jones on the phone for you now. Oh, thanks, Claire. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, George. What's on your mind? Now, listen, Jimmy, you can't let those kids down. Why, they believe in you. Why, they think you're their big brother. <laughs> Sounds as though you've been out to the orphanage, George. Well, now, look, you know me, Jimmy. I'm not sentimental or anything like that, but... Well, I can't have her disappointed. She named her mouse after me. Her what? Yeah. It's the first time I've ever had a mouse named after me. George, what are you talking about? Just this. You've got to ride Thunderbolt at the benefit. But, George, I told you, since the accident, every time I see a horse, I shake. What'll that do to the kids? Oh, gosh. You're right, Jimmy. No, we can't let him see you that way. You... Hey, wait a minute. 
In the movies, you use the double, don't you? What about him? Oh, I thought of him, but it won't work. He's built like me, but he doesn't look like me. The kids will get wise. Well, then all we have to do is to find a double that looks like you. It's a cinch, Jimmy. Leave it to me. Oh, what enough force. What's the matter with you two? All you have to do is to find a man who looks like Jimmy Joe. Well, what was wrong with Red Prescott? His nose turns up. His hair is red. Well, then what about Stanley Burns? Why, he was born on a horse. Yeah, I could see that all right. One leg's bends south and the other bends north. <laughs> what about Mr. Manning? There's a similarity even if his face is a little long. I told you to find someone who looks like Jimmy, not his horse. Oh, well, it's no use, Mr. Valentine. I give up. But it's just a simple little job. Find a man about six feet tall with dark wavy hair and blue eyes, a nose that's reasonably straight, not too much chin. A Mr. Fellow... Valentine. What's the matter? Don't you realize who you're describing? Sure, Jimmy Jones. Someone else, too. Huh? You. Me? Hey, that's right. Mr. Valentine, you do look like him. I noticed it the first time I met you. Why, you could be brothers. Why, that's terrific. Claire, get Jimmy on the telephone right away. Tell him I found his double. You really think you found the right person, George? <laughs> I know I found the right person. But is it someone we can trust? Trust? Why, this man is the soul of honor. And what's more, he's got plenty of courage. And a heart of gold. Pure gold. Say, sounds tremendous. Well, I, I don't like to brag, Jimmy, but uh, if you were to pin me down, I'd say he is tremendous. Who is he? <laughs> me. You? Sure. Remember how familiar we look to each other? I look like you. Oh, that's where I saw you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, George. You don't know how relieved I am. Well, I told you I'd come through with flying colors, Jimmy. Now, be at my office tomorrow morning. Okay. Thanks a million, George. So long, Jimmy. It's all set. See, there ought to be a good fee in this for me. Oh, I'm sure there will be, Mr. Valentine. Gee, for Mr. Valentine, I can hardly wait for the benefit. I can just see you dashing into the arena on Thunderbolt. Yeah, it'll be a big moment, all right. The kids will be clapping and yelling their heads off, and I'll come dashing into the arena riding on... on... Caesar's ghost. Mr. Valentine, what is it? What's the matter? I just remembered. What's wrong? I've never been on a horse in my life. Well, it'll take George a minute or so to figure out what to do in this situation. Meanwhile, I wonder how many of you folks can be sure your cars are ready for winter. In many parts of the West, wherever winter means cold or rain, there'll be an epidemic of car troubles this year. Most folks are driving the same old cars, you see, and they're bound to be a little less reliable simply because they're another year older. So here's a good tip. Drop in at your favorite Chevron gas station and let the Chevron dealer check over your car. He's an expert, and because he's in business for himself, making you a regular customer means a lot to him. So you can bet he'll give your car the best of care. You probably need winter-grade RPM motor oil, or new windshield wiper blades, the battery may need recharging, or your tires could stand a retread job. Whatever it is, find out now before the weather gets really bad. Stop in at your neighborhood Chevron gas station this weekend. George had to find a double for Jimmy Jones, someone who looked like Jimmy and could ride Thunderbolts. It 
finally dawned on all of them that George himself resembles Jimmy, but then he suddenly remembered that he's never been on a horse in his life. Now it's a few minutes later. Oh, that's fine, Mr. Valentine. That's great. You offered to take his place and you've never even been on a horse. Well, there's nothing to it, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny, you've, you've seen Thunderbolt, haven't you? Sure, lots of times. Is he very active? Oh, yeah. He's a very spirited animal. Oh, a spirited animal. That's what I thought. You're not getting cold feet. Oh, no, no, no. Of course not. But but those kids will expect to see someone who can at least stay on the top side of the horse. You've got nothing to worry about, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny's really very good. Our grandfather raised horses in the country. My grandfather raised cane in the city. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Valentine. we better get started right away. Well, now look, Sonny, I... I want to start nice and easy, you understand? Well, sure. Just leave it to me. I'll have you riding like an old cow hen. Come on. Okay. Claire? Yes, Mr. Valentine. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Valentine. Shall I meet you somewhere for dinner? Yeah. Make it Joe's Hamburger Hut. That's the one place in town we can eat standing up. Yes, sir? Something in toys for the young man? Oh, no. Not for me. For him. For him? A toy for the gentleman? Yeah. He wants to... not so loud. People are listening. Oh, I'll whisper it. Mr. Valentine wants a... He does? Yeah. Yeah, I just want him to get the feel of it. Oh, I see. Well, very well. Second aisle to the left. Tricycles, scooters, kitty cars... And hobby horses. Hey, you were okay on that hobby horse, Mr. Valentine. Now for your second lesson. Oh, but do you think I'm ready to ride this horse, Sonny? Oh, sure. Okay, then. Boost me up. Okay. There you go. Thanks. Now, put your feet in the stirrups, Mr. Valentine. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Press your knees in. I guess. Yeah, that's good. Hold on to the reins with your left hand. That's right. Oh, you look fine, Mr. Valentine. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's good. That's swell. Hang on, Mr. Valentine. Don't fall off. Oh, Sonny. I'm getting dizzy. Sonny, I can't see anything. Sonny, help. Stop this merry-go-round. He's a beautiful animal, isn't he, Mr. Valentine? Yeah, cute. Very cute. His name's Tornado. Oh, sure. How do you do, Tornado? (laughs) Mr. Valentine, come on down out of the haymow. (laughs) He won't hurt you. Sonny, I I, I don't think he likes me. Oh, now, don't be silly, Mr. Valentine. Come on, get up on him. But do you think I'm ready for a real live horse? The only way we can find out is to try. Come on. Say, he's up awfully high, isn't he? He's no higher than most horses. Well, couldn't I try one of the smaller models first? Like that one over there? Mr. Valentine, that's a Shetland pony. You don't want to ride him. (laughs) Why not? He has a very kind face. Come on, now. Get up on Tornado. All right. Nice Tornado. You stand still, boy. I said, stand still. Sonny, tell him to stand still. It's okay. Just jump up on him. Well, maybe he won't like it. He's used to it. Go ahead, Mr. Valentine. Put one foot in the stirrup and swing the other one over. All right. Here I go. Mr. Valentine, wait. I think I'll make it. But, Mr. Valentine... It's you... all right, Sonny. I'm... Sonny, 
What's happened to this horse? Where's his head? Get down, Mr. Valentine. You put the wrong foot in the stirrup. Oh, is that it? I thought there was something wrong. Now, try it again. Remember, your left foot in the stirrup, your right foot swings over. Oh, it's no use, Sonny. You can't teach an old horse new tricks. He's not old. No, but I am. Come on, now, let's get back to the office. But, Mr. Valentine, what about the benefit? How will you be able to take Mr. Jones's place and ride Thunderbolt? Well, it's no use, Sonny. I can't do it. Jeepers, I wish I could ride Thunderbolt. Well, so do I. I'd like nothing better than to have... Sonny. Why not? Huh? Of course. There's our answer. You'll ride Thunderbolt. So, George, I don't get it. You do look like me, so why can't you take my place? Why don't you tell him, Mr. Valentine? Now, Claire, I'll handle this in my own way. Jeepers, Mr. Jones, please let me ride Thunderbolt. I can handle him honest. Just ask my sister. Will you keep quiet, Sonny? You see, Jimmy, I'm afraid that someone might catch on that I'm not you. Oh, do you think so? Well, I suppose there'll be reporters there. Yeah, I imagine so. And what if they find out? It'll ruin everything. Please, Mr. Jones. I know Thunderbolt and I'll get along okay. Yes, Sonny's very good with horses. He's been riding since he was a baby. But how can we work it? Sonny certainly doesn't look like me. Well, Jimmy, I got this all figured out. Now, look, it's simple. You walk out and talk to the kids, you know, make a speech. Yeah. Then I imagine they'll begin yelling for Thunderbolt. Oh, you can count on that. Well, fine, fine. Now then, when that happens, you say you brought Thunderbolt along, all right, but that you'd like to feel like a kid again and sit in the audience with them. Go on, then what happens? Well, then you say, uh, how about one of you kids riding Thunderbolt? Who'd like to try it? Uh Uh-huh. Now then, Sonny is sitting right in the front row. You can't miss him. And when you say, who'd like to ride Thunderbolt, Sonny jumps up and yells, let me, mister, let me. Let me, mister, let me. Yeah, that's the idea. And, Jimmy, no matter how many kids yell, you choose Sonny. Understand? Oh, of course. I wouldn't dare take a chance on someone who didn't know horses. Now, how does it sound, Jimmy? It sounds okay, George, but you sure nothing will go wrong? Listen to him. Now, Jimmy, I tell you, it can't miss. Why, what could possibly go wrong? Any children in all your life, Mr. Valentine? It looks as if all the kids in town are here. All except Sonny. Now, stop worrying about Sonny. He'll show up. But he should be here now. What's happened to him? Well, I know he went to a movie early this afternoon. Then I think he planned to buy some riding boots. Riding boots? I can't save this place for him much longer. Why can't he be on time? Oh, just be patient, Mr. Valentine. But they're getting ready to start the show. Oh, where is that boy? Well, it's not like Sonny to be late. Well, it's your fault, Claire. You should have brought him with you. That's right. Blame me for it. I always get... Oh, Mr. Valentine, they're going to begin. Here comes Jimmy Jones now. Howdy, kids! Oh, where's that Sonny? I can't imagine what's keeping him. Now, hold it, kids, hold it. First, I want to tell you how much it means to me to be here again. You know, every year I look forward to my visit to the Brookdale Orphanage because it's just like coming home again for me. Where is he? Where's that Sonny? What if he doesn't show up? (laughs) But I didn't come here to make a speech. I just wanted to say hello to all my friends, to all my little brothers and sisters. Mr. Valentine, you have to ride Thunderbolt. Oh, that's impossible. I don't even know on which side to get on. Now, is there anything I can do for you, kid? Thunderbolt! Mr. Valentine. Claire, think of something. You can't let one of them ride him. It would be dangerous. Well, it would be dangerous for me, too. Now, take it easy, kids. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's it. Thunderbolt is here, all right, but... Look, I, I'm sort of tired of riding. 
I want to sit down there with the rest of you, with my friend. Here it comes. How about one of you riding Thunderbolt? Mr. Valentine. Who would like to ride it? Mr. Valentine. Come on, who wants to ride Thunderbolt? Mr. Mr. Here's someone who wants to ride Thunderbolt. Go on, George, go Claire, on. Claire, Claire, stop pushing me. You've got to go now, George. There's no other way out. Oh, now, Claire. Come on, you've got to do it. What a spot you put me in, George. George. Hello, Jimmy. How do you feel? What's happened to Son? He just didn't show up. But, George, what are we going to do? The kids are waiting. Somebody's got to ride Thunderbolt. George will ride. Now, Claire. I guess you'll have to, George. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'd like to. Really, I would. But I... Well, I just can't. Now, George. Oh, you mean, what are you talking about? What's the matter with you, George? Nothing. Except that I've never been on a horse in my life. Oh, I, you've never been on a horse in your life. That's right. Oh, this is a fine time to tell me. What about all these kids? They're waiting. Listen, Jimmy, I'd never be able to get up on them. But, George, them. And if I did get up on them, I'd never be able to stay there. But you said and if you... I did stay there, I'd die of fright. Oh, <laughs> I ought to wring your neck. Now, that won't help any. But what am I going to do? Well, uh, uh, tell him you just noticed that Thunderbolt is indisposed. Yeah, tell him he has a headache. Who ever heard of a horse with a headache? <laughs> He's a very unusual animal. A very... These kids believe in me. Well, they've been looking forward to this day for months. Then why don't you ride Thunderbolt? Me? Yes, you. All right, I will. Mr. Jones, you can't. I can't let these kids down. I'll ride him if it kills me. Mr. Valentine, stop him. Oh, Mr. Valentine, he's getting up on Thunderbolt. Mr. Valentine. Oh, I can't look. George. George, where are you? Out in the play yard. On the teeter-totter. Oh. Why didn't you stay in the arena? Well, I... I just couldn't take it. But, George, it was all right. Jimmy was magnificent. What happened? He rode Thunderbolt just as though nothing had ever gone wrong. The kids went wild. Yeah, I heard them screaming, but I thought the worst. Jimmy's looking for you. He wants to talk to you. Oh, yeah, I'll bet he does. Come on, let's get out of here. But he's anxious to see you. Anxious to break my neck. Oh, now, George. Well, what else would he want to see me for? I was certainly a lot of help to him. Just when he needed me, I... I failed him. Now, George. Suppose you do think I'm a coward. Of course not. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Don't hold back. Tell me what you think. No, I think... Please don't say it, Claire. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this has been a very happy day for me, George. It's a pleasant change to see you this way. What way? I don't get it. Well, you're usually so sure of yourself. But now you're... Well, you're just like a little boy. <laughs> you mean, uh... You mean you'd like to take me in your arms? Well... Well, if you have any kind of an urge, Claire, don't suppress it. It isn't good for you. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Oh, say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Jimmy! Why, you talk about acting. Why, your acting makes mine look silly. Acting? Who's acting? <laughs> Why, do you know you really had me convinced that you were afraid to ride Thunderbolt? <laughs> and that's just what you wanted me to think, wasn't it, George? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to think, all right. <laughs> sure, you had to trick me into riding Thunderbolt. Trick you? You know that once I got on him, I'd get my confidence back and I'd be cured. Oh, yes, of course. That's what I had in mind, all right. George! <laughs> well, it was wonderful psychology, George. I, I don't know how I can thank you. Oh, well, that's all right, Jimmy. Forget it. <laughs> Glad to help you out. George, are you trying to make me believe it was all an act? Well, of course. What else? Why, I'm crazy about horses. There's nothing I like better than to ride on a really spirited merry-go-round. <laughs> I know that, George. But I couldn't let on, even to you, Claire. I was afraid you might give it away. Oh, 
You see? Sure, I had to make the act look good, didn't I, Jimmy? <laughs> Why, of course. <laughs> Why, of course. <laughs> uh, will you excuse me now, Mrs. Martin wants to say. Oh, sure, Jimmy, go right ahead. But uh, stick around, I have something to show you. So it was all an act, huh? Uh, natural. Then you really like horses. Like them? Why, I love them. There's nothing I like better than a brisk canter down the bridle path. And to think that I bothered to feel sorry for you. Hey, Mr. Valentine, when does it start? When do I write Thunderbolt? Sonny, what happened to you? Where have you been? Well, I went to see Jimmy Jones and Thunderbolt in their new picture. But, Sonny, that was this morning. Yeah, I know, but it was so good I stayed to see it four times. Oh, Sonny. Never mind, Sonny. We didn't need you. We got along okay, didn't we, Claire? Hmm. Say, I'll bet I'll be able to get a good fee out of this. How much do you think I can stick him for? You ought to be ashamed to take anything. Oh, listen there. George. Jo- oh, I'm glad you didn't leave. Come with me. I got a little present for you. A present? I was afraid you wouldn't accept any money from me, George. That would be just like him, wouldn't it, Claire? <laughs> How well you know him. <laughs> so I decided to give you something else. Give me something yeah. else? A little present. I think you'll like him, George. Like him? He's a full brother to Thunderbolt. A horse? <laughs> Of course, he's a little wild yet, but think of the fun you'll have breaking him in. George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, neighborliness, it always seems to me, is as American as hot dogs at a ball game. Most of us can spot it right away and appreciate it, too. It's one reason, I think, why many motorists like to drive into Chevron gas stations. They're all locally run, you know. Since they're home folks, Chevron dealers are mighty accommodating. Every time you stop at a cream green and burgundy station, you know you're trading with a chap who's in business for himself, anxious to please you because his success depends upon it. And there's another point worth remembering. Every Chevron gas station carries RPM-compounded motor oil, and climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline. They all honor Chevron credit cards, too. So just about everything a motorist looks for, he'll find at those neighborly Chevron gas stations. Try them when you're out for a drive this weekend. Well, next week, George finds himself in the middle of a lot of excitement. You'll probably hear him say something like this. Mr. Valentine. Yes? How are you feeling? Oh, fine. Great. Never felt better. Yeah. Enjoy your help while you got it. It won't last. That's all? Get out of town, Mr. Valentine. Mr. Valentine, what was that all about? What was it? The same fellow who's been phoning me right along. He's still worried about my health. Stay tuned for Bold Venture, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Bold Venture, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Oh, venture.
again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. No people come to Shannon's place. Cash register is one big disgrace. The money that lies within the till could possibly change one dollar bill. Why the applause, sailor? Because I like Calypso songs and because I like the way King Moses sings them. You know, you're a lucky man, Slate. You get your business troubles set to music. Yeah, it delights me. Saturday night and no customers. What's a man supposed to do on a Saturday night? You're a big boy now. But if you don't know, King Moses will tell you. Don't worry about it, Mr. Slate. It was the same no business last year when the rainy season came. Mr. Slate? Well. Well, what? Here comes a man who's liable to start a fad. He takes out a girl on Saturday night. Yeah, smile like you can hardly bear the fun you're having, sailor. Good evening, sir. Table for two in the corner, mister. Hold the menu till I whistle. Lady's not hungry. Are you, baby? No. Not thirsty either, are you, baby? No. See what I tell you, mister? Uh, don't bother, I'll find myself a place. Yeah, don't forget to whistle. Everything all right, baby? You happy? If I were dead, I'd be happy. Oh, baby, Dolores, baby. Oh, no, no. Uh, come on, sit down. That's my girl. Take your hand away from me. You don't tell Vic what to do, remember? Remember? Yes, I remember. Well, uh, that's good. Real good. Fine. All right. You said you wanted to talk to me before you gave me the papers. Talk. If I give them to you... You're starting off all wrong. There's no if in it. Just give me the papers and just talk your head off. I'll listen and smile and nod anything you want to say. How do I know? If I give them to you, how do I know everything will be all right then? Oh, baby, baby. How do I know? You don't know anything at all. You're hurting my arm. Then whistle yet, mister. Those welts you're raising in the lady's arm hurt my eyes. Outside, Buster. By yourself. Out. You want to play. You want to play, huh? Real good. Play. Okay. Okay. I'll get up. Where'd the girl go? The girl I came in here with. Where'd she go? She couldn't wait. She left. You know something, mister? You just don't know what you did. Oh, Archman. It's back, Captain. Now, did you bring him? No. I gave you an order. Look, I've taken enough of those from you and for you. With a quarter of a million dollars shining down on us, you'll take more, won't you, Vic? Won't you? Yeah, Captain. All right. You can come in now. Got a ship's empty except for you. You like it here alone, Captain? Havana within kissing distance, you stay here alone? I gave the crew shore leave. They can kiss it for me. They can do other things with their mouths. 
Like thought. You talked, but you didn't come back with anything. Something got away. A spoonful of Havana girl, and you couldn't take away from her what was bought and paid for. Maybe you ought to talk to the ship's doctor, huh? I told you. A guy named Slate Shannon lost it. You'll tell me how, huh? I had my hands on him. Girl got girlish about it. Began to think of reasons why she shouldn't give them to me. I tried to persuade her I was going good, too. And this Slate Shannon wrapped your knuckles because he's a hero. I never knew you were a hero, worshiper, Vic. The things I don't know about you. Like to try and yourself, Captain. I can give you the address with a recommendation. You're slime, Vic. Isn't that what you are? Answer me! That's why I am. You let a quarter of a million dollars run through your fingers. That makes you slime. You already said it once. I got a fortune in opium in the hole. In the barrio in Havana, we can get a quarter of a million dollars for it. You know how it is with all that money? I heard. I get hungry for nice things, expensive things, things I haven't had for a long time. I want those things, Vic. That's why we brought this tub all the way from Macau. Wait a minute, Shannon, stop me. We can't unload all that stuff because I haven't got a bill of lading. Because you didn't get it for me. Just a bill of lading that says I'm carrying canned apple juice. Is that too much to ask, Vic? I'll get it. Sure you will, Vic. Sure you will. times have I told someone to fix this desk drawer? The last man you had in here to fix that drawer told you we'd have to demolish the desk to get it open. You should have taken the three dollars he offered you for it. I've got a pipe in that drawer. You've got other pipes. I know, but somebody gave me this pipe. Did she break it in for you first? Ah. It won't open, Slate. It never does. Answer the phone. I'll bet it won't open this time either. Hello? Who? Mr. Slate Shannon? He's trying to open a drawer right now. Can I help you? Oh, sure. Yes, he's here. Slate. Who is it? The girl with the welt. You'd better talk to her. Yeah. Slate Shannon speaking. Please bring the envelope to me. What? The envelope I gave you. I must have it. What are you talking about? What envelope? When were you fighting? I put an envelope in your pocket. Huh? What'd you do that for? There's no time, please. You have the envelope. The envelope with the papers in it. Now, wait a minute. I'll see. Uh-uh. I'm sorry. No envelope. I put it there in your coat pocket. Please, it must be there. Well, why didn't you say coat? Sailor, my coat hanging on a chair over there. That's sick. She sounds that excited, and all she wants from you is your dry cleaning. See, there's an envelope in one of the pockets. All right. There's an envelope here. Thanks. Hello? Yes. Okay, I've, I've got your envelope. Uh, what's important about it? Bring it to me, please, please. There's no time. Please bring it to me. Now, just take it easy. Where do I bring it? To Avenida Presidente, number 18, the end of the hall. Well, who do I ask for? For me, Dolores Quito. Oh, please, please hurry. Right away, Dolores. You're going to see Dolores right away? This minute. Help me with my coat, Slate. You careful guide a tour through many charming places in Havana? I am charming guide. No thanks, Chico. But you have convinced me. Instead of five dollars, I will take you to such places for only three dollars. Senorita, talk it over with your man, please. He does not know bargains. Yes, all right. Here, Chico, here's a bill. 
Pretend we've been to all those charming places. Gracias, gracias. Golly, Jay, a buck. Thanks, doll. So long, suckers. Why, you? <laughs> Come back here, you phony. How long have you been in Havana, sailor? Maybe too long. Why do you stay here, slave? A man like you could have the world on a string with pretty things dangling from it. I've had it. I don't like it. But this you like. The phonies, the beggars, the two-bit tourists that hire out your boat, your hotel, you. Errand boy to a beaten-up girl. That's what fascinates you about Havana. You want to know, huh? No. And I'll tell you. Sometimes I get hungry for something. I don't always know what it is. But Havana comes up with it every time. Now you know. That's what I thought. That's why I didn't want you to tell me. Here we are, number 18, end of the hall. After you, sailor. Thanks. Please. Now, let's go. They killed him. They killed him. Killed who? My, my husband, Senor Quito. He opened the door of our house to them. They shot him down. Like a street dog, he lies there. Yeah. Who did it? I do not know. I did not see them. They ran away through that door in the back. They ran away. They did not show me their faces. Dolores Quito, she lives here? With my daughter. Where is she? In the barrio. She told me, do not be afraid, mamacita. I go to the barrio to hide there, she said to me. She should be with me. With your father, not in the barrio. Here, senor, let me help you. <laughs> hey, when you're through helping her, sailor, take this envelope home. Put it in the desk. You can help, too. I am. I'm going to find Dolores for her. In the barrio. <laughs> Dolores, Quito, know where she is? You are not needed here, senor. I'll look. Do not try, senor. Dolores Quito is unknown to us. You look for something, maybe, eh, senor? Dolores Quito. I am Alicia. You tell me where she is. I am Alicia. But come inside. I will show you there is no one here but Alicia. You uh, dance with Alicia, sir? Quito, they told me maybe. Got a light, mister? Sure. Well, we better get in this doorway out of the rain. Yeah, that'll be good. Here. Hey. Hey, you're the guy. That's right on the one. He's yours, Captain. Yeah. You did good, Captain. Real good. There's an old proverb to the effect that trifles make perfection, but perfection is no trifle. Certainly the steps taken in the preparation of log cabin white bread are not trifles, but they do make for perfection. You see, log cabin white bread is made from a special recipe that calls for extra amounts of rich, nourishing ingredients. Ingredients every bit as fine as those you, uh, those you yourself use for your most prized recipes. 
And log cabin white bread is specially baked, too, in a way that ensures longer-lasting freshness. Yes, log cabin white bread is truly fine bread. Look for it at your market tomorrow in the gay yellow and white wrapper with the log cabin on the front. For bread at its very best, for flavor, for freshness, for nourishment. Insist on log cabin white bread. Now back to Bold Venture and our stars Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the second act of our story. Shannon, we go to Barrio, the place of danger where the lights are low. A fella, he bang on Mr. Shannon's head. Mr. Shannon, he sinks pavement his new bed. Slade Shannon, we Don't rub it in, King. Sailor? Uh-huh? Give me that envelope out of my desk. I want to see what's in it that makes me bleed. It's not in the desk. The drawer won't open, remember? I don't care where it is. Just get it. It's in the safe. I'll get it, Lady Sailor. Left 23, right 14. Not so loud, King. Don't get excited, Slate. The only thing in that safe beside the envelope is a necktie. Say, I've never seen you in a necktie. How do you look? Nifty and dapper. Is the envelope, Mr. Slate? Thanks. Yeah, I don't get it. What is it? It's a bit of lading for the steamship Capricorn. Hey, look. It says they're supposed to unload six cases of apple juice in Havana Harbor. Apple juice? What do you mean, apple juice? Apple juice means apple juice. What else does apple juice mean? Well, I don't know, but I'll bet it's the first time in history anybody ever got beat up for apple juice. Mm. I think it's a more clever thing, Sailor. When I come back, you can tell them to me. Put the envelope back in the safe, King. You going out? Sure. The rain stopped, the moon's out, the sea's calm. Who knows? I might find me a steamship. <laughs> Girl, Dolores. Girl as pretty as you could go very far in the world. Couldn't she, Vic? Very far. Please. Please take me home. I am no good to you. No, you're not, baby. Gentle, Vic. Gentle. A girl like Dolores with a nice family and all. A nice port inspector for a father. A man who can forge bills of lading. You should be gentle with a girl like that, Vic. You're right, Captain. Wait till you see how Vic can be with a girl when he puts his heart in it. It'll surprise you, Dolores. Vic? You'd like to go home, wouldn't you, baby? Yes, yes. Sure you would. But you know something? It's going to be lonesome for you. No fun. Oh, you killed it. <laughs> uh, just you and your mother. It's hardly enough for a pretty girl like you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know what else, baby? You shouldn't have double-crossed us. You should have given me that bill of lading like a soft little kitten. You shouldn't have run as you saw us coming to your house to ask you for it. Then maybe Daddy could still put his arms around his little girl. You understand how it is, don't you, Dolores? We paid your father for the forgery. You would have given it to us. But you didn't. Now, where is it? I, I do not know. I, I lost it. Oh, she lost it. Yeah, I feel sorry for you, kid. You shouldn't have done that. Uh, the things that can happen to a girl in Havana without a mother to look after her just makes my heart bleed. You wouldn't. Oh, we can arrange it, baby. Easy, real easy. 
Like time. I gave him to Senor Shannon. He had to build a lady. I killed for him. You'll ask him, Dolores. All by yourself. You'll go to him and say, Senor Shannon, the captain wants his bills of lading. Take them to him. For your mother, you'll do it. Huh, baby? Yes, yes. Take the pretty girl ashore, Dick. I beg your pardon. What can I do for you, miss? I want to see uh, Senor Shannon. He's gone. Where? Where he is is where? I don't know. Miss Taylor, she here. Miss Taylor's standing over there under the fan. Maybe she can help you. Thanks. Is your name Taylor? That's right. Hot, isn't it? I'm looking for Senor Shannon. The feeling's mutual. Well, please, I have got to see you. Why? Listen to me. No, you listen to me. About five hours ago, you came in here. And since then, there's been nothing but trouble. Slate gets beaten up. A man gets shot to death. I thought. Well, that's right. I forgot I'm sorry. If you're truly sorry, you will help me. I didn't say anything about that. I just said I was sorry. Senor Shannon has an envelope. It is mine. I must have it. Now I have to be sorry again. I can't give it to you. You do not understand. Right now, I only have to understand one thing. Slate Shannon is somewhere along the Havana waterfront looking for whatever he has to find. He's going to find it, and he's going to do what he has to do. I'm not going to take a chance of messing it up. Sorry. No envelope. They will kill me. They will murder again. Oh, no. Nobody's going to hit you. King Moses will see to that. You stay here. Those men, you do not know what they are. Slate does. That's more important. My father, dead. Here, sit down. I'll get you a drink of water. King Moses. Yes, Miss Taylor. Did you ever see a Saturday night like this? Ahoy, Capricorn! Ahoy! Ahoy! Wade Shannon coming alongside in powerboat, full venture. I'll throw your line! Okay, secure. Up the letter, mister. I'll give you a light. Ah, thanks. Now, where's the captain? You're looking at it. Well, I'm just making a social call, Captain, so you can put your gun away. Thanks, so? It's very interesting. Dick! Don't try, Shannon. I can kill you now, but I'll enjoy it more later. Is your ship, Cap? Yeah, what do you want? Look what the sea washed up, Dick. Well, what do you know? That's what I like about him, Captain. Every place you turn, there's Shannon to rub noses with. And the Cap does your work for you, huh, Vic? Because you can't handle it alone. Oh, yeah. I remember. You can't. Let's try to dance once more, Shannon. Just you and me. And with the Cap holding a gun on me, I'm ashamed of you, Vic. You think I'm crazy or something? Maybe you can dance later, boys. All I need now are the bills of lading. Dolores told you to bring them, and you brought them, huh, Shannon? Dolores? Uh-uh. It was my own idea. Fast thinker, huh, Captain? My heart goes out to fast thinkers like him. So it was your own idea, huh? We admire you for it. Now hand them over. Well, I'd uh, feel like to oblige you fellas. You you admiring me and all, but I can't. You don't say. Like I said, I'd like to help you out, but I got to thinking. I thought to myself, now what is there about six crates of apple juice that's worth a man's life? That's not counting the pistol whipping you gave me, Cap. Then I thought... 
Now, this must be a kind of apple juice a man could grow real fond of. The fast thinker wants a cut, Captain. Yeah, how'd you guess? How much? Depends. How much is apple juice bringing these days? Quarter of a million dollars in round figures. Yeah, that's pretty round for apple juice. How much? Well, I'm not greedy. You boys did all the work. Ten grand. You named it. Now the bills of lading. Well, I told you, I haven't got them with me. I sure wish I had, fellas. Where are they? Back at my hotel. Let's see, you're uh, three miles out. It took me 20 minutes to get here. Uh, you ought to be back, oh, say, an hour. But you're not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes it tough. Well, what are we going to do, fellas? You'll think of something. Oh. Say, you got to ship the shore phone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we like to say hello to the folks back home. Well, then it's easy. You'll tell us. All I got to do is send a message to the Port Authority to sailor. Uh, uh, that's Mr. Val. You saw her at my place, remember, Vic? I'll never forget her. Yeah. That's all I got to do. Simple, fellas. Simple. But we'll do it for you. You'll word it for us, huh, Shannon? My specialty. Tell her to get the envelope out of my desk drawer. A plain manila envelope, bulky. Tell her to hire a boat and bring the envelope here to me and the Capricorns. Because I need it in a hurry. You can fill in your position. You'll tell her that? Just like you said. Word for word. Uh, sounds like your girl got here fast, Charlie. Good for our side, huh? It's always been good for us. Getting better for you. Yeah, you don't know what I can do with those 10 G's. Like what? Oh, I'm going to put in a parquet floor so you can come and dance on it. You really think you're going to see that crummy hotel of yours? You changing your mind about something, Captain? I thought we were buddies. Oh, we're buddies. Then I'll see my hotel again. We'll float you past it. You'll be face down. Hey, she is, Captain. Leave her here. Get back on deck, Vic. Hi, fellas. You bring the envelope, sailor? Well, that's what you told me to do, wasn't it? I like a girl who does what she's told. Well, let's have the envelope. You asked me, Slate. Give it to him. Thanks, Shannon. Put it on the table, young lady. All right. Now, both of you get over there against the bulkhead. Slate. The etiquette when a man with a gun says stand over against the wall is to stand over against the wall. All right, now put your hands behind your neck. Like this? Or like this? It'll come to you. You're not buddies anymore, huh? I'll grieve for you. You'll grieve long enough to tell me why you had to kill that old man. Why? All right, I'll tell you. I paid him some money to forge a bill of lading for me so I could get this stuff into port. He sent his daughter down with it. She got cagey. I had to teach her a lesson. What did he promise you, Slate? Ten grand. That would have been nice. Yeah, it would. Let me take a look at this bill of lading. Been waiting for it so long. Waited a long time for this piece of paper. A quarter of a million dollars. A quarter of a... Something wrong, Captain? And this paper, it's blank. It's a blank. Get him, Slate. Yeah. Nice going. Sailor, I could kiss you. I knew when the message said get the envelope out of the desk, something was wrong. The desk drawer doesn't help us. I switched papers. Hey, what was that you were saying? You could kiss me. Hey, Captain, I... What you... You're all by yourself again, Buster. Come here. That's enough, Slate. What was that you were saying? Oh, I, I said I could kiss you. I lost my head. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Thank <laughs> you.
Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall will return in just a moment. For the meal with the family or society, log cabin cracked wheat is a variety. Made with your honey and a crackle crust, cracked wheat all through, it is so glorious. For sandwiches so popular with every guest, log cabin cracked wheat is the bread that's best. Yes, for mealtime variety, choose log cabin variety bread. This week's feature, log cabin cracked wheat, is a real lunchbox lunchtime favorite. Crisp flakes of cracked wheat, pure golden honey, make it the finest sandwich combination ever. Just try log cabin cracked wheat with roast beef, pork, or cheese. Mighty good toasted, too. Look for this week's special display at your market tomorrow. Log cabin cracked wheat bread. <laughs> raining again. Yeah. No customers. Uh-huh. For two bits, I close up the place and take the boat out to the point. I like to see the surf pounding in. Would you take me along? I'd consider it. You've got your two bits, Blake. I said, you've got your two bits. Yeah, I sure worked hard for it. I'm tired. Man's got to relax. Let's go, sailor. And so our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring... Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, together in Bold Venture. Until next Thursday evening at 6.30, when the bakers of fine log cabin white and variety breads again bring you Bold Venture. This is George Barkley inviting you to remember... Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Cloak and Dagger, followed by The Red Skelton Show. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.